do we have to kick him from the league? I mean, it's like, it's like he's tanking, but also trying to win. And I just don't, I just, I don't get it. It's like he's tanking, but for the next 10 years. It's like he just doesn't give a shit anymore. He just likes trading things. It's like he's like Pidelski midseason last year. It's like, you know, there's there's set up and then yeah. Now yeah. I'm I'm really confused on the dynamic here. The team that won the title went from being in good position for a few years and like a title contender for a few years to having no chance at anything for like five years. Those carrots coming through the pod? They're not. I wish they were. It seemed like a good crunch. It was. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't know the direction of and anything that is – I'm lost for words. Just don't know. This feels like a team you start a vampire league with. <laughs> the, uh, the rectum vampires? Yeah, like it's just all UDFAs. Is this team worse than the expansion teams were last year? Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes, without a doubt. Well, because, like, he, he turned the assets into uh, a couple of good players uh, and got two, why? And got two running backs, but both of those running backs are Naeem Hines. Who's the other running back? There's there's no other running back. It's just those two and Elijah Moore. What two? Michael Carter and Kenny Gainwell. Oh, right, right. Michael Carter. Same player. And Kenny Gainwell. And Naeem Kenny Hines Gainwell. and Naeem Hines. <laughs> and he gave yeah. up every, like so next year he has a pick from Dots, which should be all right. All right he does have two first round picks. Yeah, he ha- he'll have 101 next year because he <laughs> he, he's not winning a single matchup. There's no way he's gonna win a single matchup. Uh and he'll have Dots' pick, which should be like 106, 107. Somewhere I mean, I, <laughs> Jalen Rager was not worth 208. Jalen, yeah. He, he was literally have... drafted ninth overall last year. I get it. He it isn't first level, first round caliber like he was drafted to be, but he's not bad. If he had offered Rager straight up for 208, I would have considered it. I mean, you consider it. Rager's worth like at, at least like two hundred one, right? And that's what I, that's what I mean. I'm saying, had he offered just Rager for two hundred eight, I probably take it. But then he offered it with three dot JD, and then I was like, well, give me one more. And then he gave me four hundred one too, and I gave him Carson. So, so it's come to my attention that you've been recording this whole time. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, we could splice this in when we talk about West, or we could just leave it as the intro. It's probably best as the intro. We've talked okay. about Wes. He's doing his best. We're too mean. Okay. Sometimes. Well, hey, welcome in everybody to uh, the round, the round two pod, um, where we all still... discuss round one because I wasn't here to do that. Did you listen to round one? Nope. <laughs> I killed it, man. Um, anyway, we still have two twelve yet to go. I assume it's going to be picked by the time we get down to two twelve. Maybe. Do you if not, make, we'll uh, splice it in. Do you want to make our guesses at who two twelve will be? It's Q. Uh, I look at the board. What has Q taken so far? Amari Rogers, Trey Lance, 
that's it. He can go anywhere. I think we're going to uh, see Nico Collins go here. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be Nico Collins. Who do we got? Diami Brown's on the board. Dwayne Eskridge. Some. I th- JD McKissick. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. Who shouldn't have been cut <laughs> in the first place? <laughs> yeah, I think we're in that range where veterans are going to start going because there's some solid veterans. Uh, but yeah, I think he's going to get a running back because he needs one. And. J.D. McKissick is probably the best running back on the board right now. It's, by ranking, it's Ramondre Stevenson, but I don't think he's going. Could probably Ramondre try Stevenson. Josh Kelly too and see if that's you know he worth cut Josh Kelly. Oh, so never mind. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my guess too. Uh, but yeah, second round was uh, interesting because Sheetram decided to be an asshole for several hours for, for no reason when everyone knew he was taking Kadarius Tony. Hey, we'll get there. Uh, We're at two hundred one here, pal. Uh, well, I don't like doing which was taken last night. Josh taking Justin Fields. Uh, I guess get your guys. I gave it a D grade because he doesn't need a quarterback, and that's way too early for Justin Fields. He's probably a late-ish second round pick. I told him pre-draft he could have taken him at two hundred nine. Like I, I was telling him over and over again uh, that he could have taken him at two hundred nine. I don't think anyone ahead of him was considering taking him. Uh, I know you already discussed this, but taking Trey Lance at 112 is also ludicrous. Like Lance is good and and that's a good fit, but like it's a quarterback, guys. This is not a super flex league. Who league? Who cares? Like these better be the best quarterbacks in fantasy for this to work out. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence will hold his value. There's potential Trey Lance holds his value, and that's holds value, not gains value. Uh, there's potential Trey Lance holds value, and but Justin Fields, yeah. Justin Fields is not going to hold value at 201. I think unless he could, unless he becomes like a top five quarterback, I think he could be a top eight to ten quarterback within a year or two, and then bump up into that top five tier. I love Justin Fields, but again, like even if I think that no one else did, and he can get he can get him at two and nine, and the guys he passed up is what's really damaging. Uh, there are three guys in particular: uh, with Terrace Marshall, Elijah Moore, and Rondale Moore that all could have helped him a lot. Uh, he's not good at wideout right now. I, I think he thinks he's good at wideout right now. He's he's probably sadly mistaken. Uh, Deontay Johnson's his best receiver. He's got T. Higgins. He's got Jerry Judy. He's got a bunch of question marks basically uh, across the board at wide receiver. And Marshall Moore and Moore all could have reasonably helped him this year, especially Elijah Moore. I'm I don't know about you. I was surprised he fell as far as he did. I thought he should have been late first. Uh, when you got when you got when you got three quarterbacks going at the end of the first or in into the second. Yeah. It's going to push those guys down naturally. He should have been a first-round pick. Yeah, him and Marshall, to me, were like the two – should have been the last two picks of the first round. Um, I don't even like Marshall as much as everyone else, but, like, the situation kind of dictates that he should go there, especially the familiarity with Joe Brady. Um, yeah, Marshall's a good fit that uh, for you at 202. Uh, I didn't mind the pick. I don't like what you gave up at all. Uh, even if you had gotten him at 110 or 111, I don't like that pick at all. Uh, it's just giving up so much um, – for a guy that the fits good and the talent's fine, there are some injury issues and you're banking on sort of everything going right for, for him, uh, for that value to work out for you. Again, I get why you did it. I wouldn't have done it. Uh, and I think that C plus is a fair grade because of that. Yeah. So I, I gave up the, uh, I forget what everything was exactly, but I think it was two Oh six and one point JC were the primary points of that trade. Uh, so I gave up first round next year and I was actually giving up, 
that those those that same package for 111, 112, and 201. Nobody wanted the budge. I just held the offer the whole time. So I, I think Marshall's valued around that. So I, I didn't feel bad losing a first round pick to pick up an early second round pick, especially when it's Terrace Marshall, who I had rated pre-draft as the number five fantasy player uh, coming into the year. So he, he was he was my number two receiver uh, by grade. Whenever I, I watched him, he he's an outside receiver. That's great for fantasy, and he just looks like he has potential to be dominant in the league. Uh, Carolina's uh, on a great landing spot, but I I think that, like you said, Joe Brady's there. They have familiarity. Uh, I think Terrace Marshall could potentially take over that number one receiver role over DJ Moore within the next couple of years. I just think like you might have been able to get him at two hundred six. And no, no way. If not, you probably could have just moved up from 206 to 203 or 204 for way cheaper than a one next year. Well, so I got a, some text messages afterwards saying like from, from other people that were trying to get the 202 pick because I knew he was going 202. Buttons told me last week that he was going to take him 202 if he takes a pick. Uh, then I got texts afterwards saying like, oh, I was trying to trade up, take Marshall there. So I just again, I, I get it. I I wouldn't have done it. Uh, the one next year to me is going to be more valuable than Marshall. And then you throw in the 206 and, and it's tough for me to get with it. But like you said, sometimes you got to get your guys, uh, you believe in them. And I think that matters more, uh, you know, th- than anything. It's not like you're, I don't know, taking a quarterback just because of blind fandom at say 201. Uh, so it's better than that process, but still nonetheless, uh, Let's move on to two or three here. Elijah Moore, this was the guy I thought should have gone 11th overall. He's a chance to make an instant impact with the Jets. I think they're going to replace Jay Crowder with him, Jamison Crowder with him almost immediately. Uh, he he can play inside and outside. I know he's gotten pegged as an inside guy only. I don't think that's the case whatsoever. He's a deep threat that also works between the numbers. And to me, between all of these slot guys, like all of these guys that need space to work, he is the one that has the most value because he actually creates separation in the middle of the field. Rondell Moore, yeah, I mean, too, but that's not the case with Kadarius Tony. Uh, I don't think that's as much the case with with even with Jalen Waddle to some extent. Um, but but to me, Moore was the guy that I would have targeted. Yeah, Moore. Uh, he, he went what thirty three overall. So I mean, that's essentially a first round pick. Uh, so I mean, he he has that potential. He some analysts had him mocked, you know, in the twenties and everything. Um, so I mean, he he has that first round caliber. It's just the way things fell. He didn't go there. Uh, but I think it's a, yeah, it's a good landing spot where he could potentially be the number one wide receiver, depending on what Corey Davis does out there. Like you said, he probably takes over Jameson Crowder relatively soon. Denzel um, Mims is there too. Like I know people are writing him off pretty quickly. This is a new regime. I think it's a mistake to write off any of these guys. Uh, I, I, that's the that's the, actually the downside to me with Moore too is like if he doesn't win the job, there's not like a lot of upside to winning it later because these guys are also you know in that same age range or in Davis' case just brought in. So there's like a little bit less long-term upside if he doesn't get it right away. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I really like more here. Uh, I had to look up more highlights and Marshall highlights right before I made my pick of Terrace Marshall. So I, I was up in the air on which one I was going to take, but Marshall was my guy. Uh, I gave it a B minus grade. And I think that's just because what Wes gave up. Yeah. So Wes gave up 301, a second next year, two seconds next year. And LaVisca Chanel is it's way too much. Is Elijah Moore even better than LaVisca Chanel next year? I, I think they're, I think probably, even, but like the, 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 even so like the two seconds added on is way too much. Two seconds alone is way too much. Uh, if he had given up one second next year, like his second, which we know is going to be two Oh one in three Oh one this year, 
then like that's a fair trade. Like if you want to give up the future two in this year's three. Uh, but to me, like this is such a, a massive overpay. I like more and I like the spot he got him in, but I would not have paid that price to get to that spot or for yeah, that. It's a big price. I love the, I love the player. So I kept him in the B's gave him a B minus. Um, I think he gave up. I don't know. Did he give less or more than I did for Terrace Marshall? I mean, I gave up a first next year, but it's going to be a late he first. Gave up, he gave up more. Hopefully. He gave up more because your first should be like 110 to 112. We know, again, he's trying to get 201 and he's terrible. Uh, so he's probably going to land at 201 uh, in that second. So really that's two to three picks difference. And uh, as we've seen this year, sometimes teams take three quarterbacks to end the uh, first round and start the second. So 201 could have a ton of value. Tack on top 301, tack on top the second second. Like it's just a lot. Yeah. Uh Moving out of 204, I traded up again, and this is a straight-up trade. I gave OBJ for 204 to pick up Rondale Moore. Uh, when it, right before I made this trade, I, I was thinking about it, and I, I looked up their ADP, uh, and Rondale Moore on keeptradecut.com was one spot above OBJ, and on the MFL, like, actual startup ADP, he was one spot below OBJ. So they are as equal in value as you can get, and I feel like I just bought myself uh, eight years. Maybe, or you, you bought yourself a, a bench wide receiver. The the reason they're there is because Moore does have more upside, no pun intended, uh, but he he doesn't present the baseline that OBJ has, which, truth be told, we don't know exactly where it's at, but should be pretty high uh, as a wide receiver, too, this coming year. I like think it scares me. You. I, I, I hate OBJ's just, like, he doesn't want players that are above or younger than 25, and uh, this accomplished that goal. And now he gets his namesake in Odo Beckham. He does. Yes, he does. Um, the thing that scares me about Rondell Moore is I, I, I statted out his uh, height, weight, speed, and his draft capital, and he's actually very similar to Andy Isabella. So he's, I think yeah, that Nat is he's he's so much stronger than Andy Isabella. Like, uh, yeah, but from from a from, I from a build and speed standpoint and draft capital. But but like the the strength is what makes things difficult for Isabella, right? Like he yeah. No, I, I I'm not saying he is Andy is and is Andy Isabella. I think that he's a stronger version of that, and I think the Cardinals want something like that. Did uh, was Andy Isabella drafted by Cliff Kingsbury? Uh, yes, that was the Kyler Murray draft. Okay, so it, it seems like that they want somebody in that role. Andy Isabella couldn't do it, and now they're trying to re- figure out somebody else that can maybe do it. Well, they're trying to replace Christian Kirk. It seems like. You know, yeah, and and Rondell Moore, there was some rumors about him being a slot running back, which you know there's open competition there uh, for running backs in in what's it called on third down in Arizona on third down. So maybe you see him more out of the backfield, uh, but I think that he's pretty versatile. I I don't know what his floor or his ceiling is going to be in Arizona. I mean, his floor could be zero points per game, yeah, but his ceiling could be Debo Samuel esque. He might be Deshaun Jackson too, from a hit or miss every week standpoint. Tough. Tough to start. It's five seven. This can't. Yeah, like it's it's tough. Uh, but he's an outlier. Like everything about him is an outlier. So what you're betting on here is that he's still an outlier, uh, yeah. which he might be. And I think that's a good bet. Now let's move on to two hundred five. I gave it a I gave it a B plus. Yeah, I thought that was fine. I, the The value with with OBJ is fine. Uh, I like more. It's just a fine fine pick, fine trade. Uh, not gonna cause any ripples or anything like that. Two hundred five with Kadarius Tony to to Sheetram. I, I I don't like Kadarius Tony as a player, but at this point, like 
with who's on the board, I don't mind the pick as much. And Cheatram can just start taking swings too. Like he he took enough guys and got enough assets in trades uh, that he was in a pretty good spot. He already locked up his RB1 for the future. He locked up his QB1 for the future. So why not take some swing at, at some wide receivers here? And that's what he did with Tony. Uh, Tony's probably not good. He's probably not going to be good. He's under an offensive coordinator that won't figure out how to use him uh, because Jason Garrett's a moron. Uh, but, you know, we'll see if he can actually do anything. I'm going to guess he's the least productive of this bunch of uh, second-round wide receivers as a rookie, and it will take a change in offensive coordinator to get the most out of him. That being said, the most out of him might not be much. Like it might be like how teams use Cordero Patterson. Yeah, I, I think that there is a – more risk potential with Tony than, you know, the odds that he's going to hit. I mean, he was drafted 20th overall, but the Giants don't always make great first-round decisions. Uh, I mean, even Saquon Barkley wasn't a great first-round decision for them, second overall. So it's it's not like they're getting the most value out of where they're taking these players. Um, I think Amon Ross St. Brown had a more uh, clear path to early work in the NFL. But Kadarius Tony, I mean, they might try to incorporate him. It's just tough to see with with this offense right now. And yeah, then I put out that I list the other day of, of or... people that I put that list out the other day of people that uh, I forget what even fucking was, but it was just a list of people that oh, it was it was players drafted in the first round that have second round ADP, and it was Darius Hayward Bay, it was Marquise Brown, it was somebody else. It was just a list of players that suck ass at fantasy and Q said maybe he's the outlier we need an outlier to break the break the curse and I don't think that's going to be Tony <laughs> I don't think there's Tony's the guy to break that uh I, the next pick you already mentioned Oman Ross St. Brown not a lot of upside here uh this is Darius Tony gave a B grade yeah a B is fine there too because that being said had he gone ahead of any of uh either more or Marshall, I think it would have been a terrible pick, but because yeah. he didn't really go ahead of anyone with more upside, I think it's fine, uh, which gets us to St. Brown, who I don't think presents a ton of upside. I think his ceiling is as a wide receiver two on an NFL team and a wide receiver two or a flex as a fantasy option. Uh, he reminds me a, like a poor man's Michael Pittman, uh, and he's slower than, than Michael Pittman is too, and it's an easy comp because they're both at USC. But uh, want to know who poor man Michael Pitt or – poor man's Michael Pittman is based on my little uh, measurement speed draft capital. JJ Ortega Whiteside. Austin Colley. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Especially. Yeah. JJ Ortega Whiteside was a second round pick. You know, I'm on St. Brown was a fourth round pick. Um, so, I mean, based on all that. Clear, the, JJ Ortega Whiteside should have been a fourth round pick. But in terms of the height, weight, speed thing, someone who was drafted a little bit higher, someone that, Jared Goff has familiarity with is Robert Woods. Uh, they ran about the same 40. They're the same size. Uh, I think Robert Woods is like an inch taller. Both but, went to USC too. Yeah. Uh, so maybe there is some a path to relevance for Amon Rice St. Brown in the sense of Jared Goff has used somebody of this frame throughout his career. And I think that's what you're hoping for because if you remember, Robert Woods was nothing when he was with the, the Bills generally in fantasy, right? Like he was not a factor at all till he went to, to St. Louis and Los Angeles. Uh, so I think you're really hoping for uh, some some boom that might not be there. Plus, Robert Woods got noticeably faster as he moved through his NFL career. Uh, he is far faster now and far better with the ball in his hands than he was at the start of his career. Uh, I don't think Oman Ross St. Brown's going to make that leap. Yeah. Um, 
is if he does, is Amon Ross St. Brown the new uh, I Ross, guess sp- 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 him. sprinkle him into a trade? And yeah, then- <laughs> you it's like this is close, both teams kind of want to do it, and like uh, I'll give you Robert Woods. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, I gave this a B plus just because at 206, he was kind of the end of a tier of wide receivers. Uh, I think that he is just a step above like Amari Rogers and Nico Collins and all them. Uh, I think he's in with uh, a guy like Rogers who now that he's gone, I feel comfortable talking about Rogers is the guy that I would have taken here ahead of him and Tony. Yeah. I, I, I like St. Brown. I was, the, I was, I was actually trying to trade up into 206 to take him, but, uh, it didn't work out. Um, so I, I I just see that there's a, a path to him getting starting reps. Yeah. And well, that, that, that's, that's worth something as a rookie. For anyone to get starting reps, including someone like Brashad Perriman. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the rest of these receivers, it's like, are they going to be starters? Amari Rogers, maybe. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, maybe. But uh, most of these other people are, you're, there's, there's not an evident opportunity for them. But moving on to uh, 207, my only A plus grade of the second round is Chuba Hubbard to John Terrio Sabers. Um, he's not going to play for you, but in the event Christian McCaffrey goes down, he's going to be a stud uh, just like Mike Davis was last year. So I think better, that it's just I a, argue. yeah, better. And I think it's just a perfect fit for uh, your team and just mitigating any risk there. Yeah. And the, the whole idea was like, I talked to a couple people who said that they would have, taking Hubbard in the back end of the first round, depending on the landing spot, right? Like if he ends up in Miami, like he might be a top six pick. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I would have stayed there. I, I'm a big believer in Chuba Hubbard as a player. I think 2020 is a total outlier. You can throw out the tape uh, and, and rely on what he did in 2019. And that was when he was an elite running back. Uh, so I don't think there's a lot of reason that he can't do that in Carolina. And I think, like you said, if something happens to calf again, uh, I don't even have to turn to Chase Edmonds, who's my current running back on my bench. I can go sh- straight to Hubbard and, and yes, miss a beat, but still have an RB1 in all likelihood. Hey, I mean, what Mike Davis is way less athletic than Chuba Hubbard, uh, not as fast, and he averaged 18 points a game. Yeah, so he's he's solid. You cut your mic off. Is there, is there a reason for that? Yes. I burped. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, A-plus grade. I, everybody knew this was probably coming, but yeah. And uh, for what it's worth, I traded for this pick. I gave up a two next year and a three next year. I think both of those picks, I don't know about you, are going to be back half. Uh, I'm not overly concerned about giving those two things up. So to me, the value of getting the pick uh, far surpassed anything that those two picks. What, which two was it? Your two? My two. Yeah. So you'll probably be picking lower than seven anyway. Uh, if your season goes how it did last year. Right. So then... if it ends up like two ten and three ten. I mean, it's a good deal even if those picks were in this draft. But with time to recoup the picks, I like it even more. Yeah. Um, anyway, A-plus grade on that one. Next, we had Wes picking again. <laughs> the worst. And the only, re- the only reason <laughs> – just rewind to the beginning of the pod, I guess. Yeah, uh, the only reason he's picking here is because he traded uh, – let me pull up what the hell the actual no, deal I was. It. I got it. He traded uh, 401 this year, mm-hmm. Jalen Rager, and mm. – Three dot JD, which is Dots's pick next year, for this pick and Carson Wentz, who was only in the trade because we had to make it even. Which is, I'm sure you know, why I carried all of those wide receivers uh, into this class, uh, to or all those quarterbacks, excuse me, into this class, just in case I needed to throw things into trades to even them out. Um, and I, I got rid of the two guys I plan on doing that with, and uh, and Sam Darnold and uh, 
Carson Wentz, so I'm in a good spot there. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, Jalen Rager's better than Kenny Gainwell, like more valuable in fantasy. And and, and to the Eagles. Yeah, and to the Eagles. In every sense, Jalen Rager is more valuable than Kenny Gainwell. Yes, and the argument that Gainwell is going to play in the slot just like it's just not it's not true. Uh, like, I, I don't know how it's like, but he's he's a good receiver. Uh, and if anything, they would put him on the outside some, but you really don't want to take away Devontae Smith and uh, Jalen Rager snaps in the slot. And they, they flexed Dallas Goddard out to the slot quite a bit. So if Gain was getting snaps there, something went seriously wrong. Uh, you, you know what I think happened is West put out in the group chat this morning, or maybe it was last night, that ETN is only taking uh, snaps at wide receiver in training camp. I think he got ETN and Gainwell confused because that's <laughs> the only explanation on that one. Uh, but Nick Nick Sirianni, uh, Eagles' new head coach, did say that they the Eagles' offense did need their version of it. Naheem Hines, uh, Nick Sirianni going over from the Colts, so he has some familiarity with using multiple running backs. And I think carry on Johnson going to have a, a role there, but I think that Kenny Gainwell, maybe he has a weekly flex appeal, maybe not at the beginning of his career, but as it kind of goes along, uh, I, I was texting at you 208, was, at two Oh eight, maybe some flex appeal later in his career. <laughs> like well, what's the I upside mean, here? Like realistically, so Naheem, Naheem Hines was drafted three Oh four. And I think that his value is a little bit higher than that uh, in a vacuum. I think that his career kind of panned out in a way that not many fifth round picks do. And, you know, Kenneth Gainwell is a fifth round pick. Right. No, that's the uh, thing like, Hines, Hines was a fifth round pick. Yeah, they both were. But like uh, the, that's the thing about this. It's not like the Eagles spent a third round pick on Gainwell, right? They passed him, passed over him twice um, before they decided to take him. So I, it was pretty clear to me that they were just like, okay, this guy is like a tier above everyone else. We may as well take him and figure it out later. Uh, so maybe he does get some snaps in the slot. Maybe he gets some snaps outside, but I mean, what are three snaps a game? If like, he's getting two touches per game for, yeah, yeah I, I think that and he'll not probably be replacement to Sanders either. Like he's just not a every down back. I think he'll get more like 10 touches a game, honestly, between receptions and carries. And those touches are gonna be less valuable than what Rager's getting. And he's going to get less touchdowns than Rager gets. And it's just, it's just a weird trade to make I, I think that his original plan because was uh, I can't I can't talk about it I guess but he had I think he had a different plan and it didn't work out for him um and then he just pivoted to Gainwell <laughs> I don't know what the other plan could have been but yeah but uh this grade I gave an F yeah just, I don't get it I, don't, I just don't get it I don't get it either uh I get I West gets it I don't get it yeah, well, at least someone does. That's all that matters. 209, uh, the, one of the last few out, outside receivers left in the class, but just I, I talk about I don't get it. Like, Josh Palmer's not good at football, which is a pretty big impediment to him being able to play football. Well, well, right well. Let's, uh, let's, let's give this a little pause, pause key here. Josh Palmer played at Tennessee, and based on what PFF says about him, um, he just wasn't asked to do anything. On the like, uh, like out on the outside that a tr- traditional receiver would. Now he's not fast. He runs like a five seven four five seven. Uh, he's he's six <laughs> he's actual six, five eight. seven, like a five point seven. <laughs> yeah, no, he runs he runs a five point seven forty. He's slow as shit. No, but yeah, I, I they they were just saying that he wasn't used properly at Tennessee, especially in that offense. But he was drafted seventy seventh overall 
So the NFL views him as a top 100 receivers or uh, uh, top 100 player, or at least uh, the Chargers do. Yeah, the Chargers do. The NFL may not. The Chargers do. Yeah, and they they are definitely going uh, to – they didn't pick up the fifth-year option on Mike Williams. Is that right? I believe that's right. Yeah, so there's going to be opportunity for him. If not this year, then next year for sure. Uh, Keenan Allen's not getting any younger. There's potential that Josh Palmer, if PFF is accurate in their assumption that he's going to be a better NFL player than he was in college, uh, this could be a solid landing spot paired with a really good quarterback in, in Justin Herbert. The problem is he's slow. He's he's good at the catch point, and he's also J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Uh, they're eerily similar players. They win by by beating guys at the catch point, but that's a problem when you can't get any separation. Um, and Mike Williams is going to be better than him, better this year than uh, I imagine Palmer will be at any point in his career. Um, it, Herbert already has Keenan Allen as his clear-cut favorite target. He's throwing the ball to him a ton. They throw it to Austin Eckler a good bit out of the backfield. Uh, they're they're going to get work for those guys no matter what. And the thing is, even if Keenan Allen's not getting any younger, there is no way that their plan is for Josh Palmer to take over for him, right? Like they're going to get I mean, wide not as a third round pick. They're not they're not thinking that immediately. But I think it could happen down the line. And the only reason I gave this a C plus on the grade is because you could get Josh Palmer like twelve picks later. Yes, right. And you and you passed up uh, some guys, Amari Rogers, for instance, that I had way more highly rated and, and in a better situation. Uh, so better player, better fit. And you, and you took a guy that's worse player, worse fit. I don't get it. Yeah. And uh, Nico Collins as well, but maybe Nico Collins, and Josh Palmer, similar athletes. Uh, Slow. But yes. Um, anyway, Dot said this was his guy. He told me that a couple months ago. Uh, I gave him immunity. If I was ever picking that, I wasn't going to take Josh Palmer. So he, he told me about Josh Palmer pre-draft, and that was his guy. So uh, don't knock it. it. looks like Josh is just going for his guys this draft. You're just going for fellow Josh's maybe? Is that it? Mm, could be. It's a good thing that he uh, that he got his guy at 103, though, because I could have thrown a wrench in his entire draft plan had I taken Kyle. I, I don't think it would have been an entire draft plan. But. Oh, it, well, because here's the thing. Then he's got to take Jamar Chase. He's probably going to do something about T. Higgins then. Uh, he's not in need to take a wide receiver, so is he really still taking Rashad Bateman there later? Uh, you know, there's a butterfly butterfly effect there. If he's taking Justin Fields at 201, there's nothing you could have done that would have fucked up his draft plan. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> he that. fucked it. He already had a plan to fuck it up himself. <laughs> yeah, but he nailed all three of his first round picks, you know, and got Clyde Edwards Alaire. For Naeem Hines, <laughs> like it just it's unbelievable. It's totally un- although I will say his first next year is gonna be, I think, a pretty valuable one. Should be middle of the first round. Dots? Yeah. Mm, we'll see. I mean he's got I mean, Taylor, and Taylor and David should, Montgomery. I don't think it'll be pretty value. I, like whenever you say that, it makes me think like one out of three. I don't think it's gonna be that. No, like five to seven though. Mm, maybe like seven to 10. I don't think he's getting 10. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Five to nine, we'll call it. I guess to get 10, you're going to need to be the higher seed losing in the champ- or pre-championship games. Anywho, we have Pat Frymuth next off the board. I gave this an A-minus grade to Trevor. He has a hole at tight end, filled it. 
and he also acquired Eric Ebron in a trade right before the uh, right before the cuts. So he has both Pittsburgh tight ends, and once Ebron's out, Frymuth goes in. Frymuth isn't a bad player. No, but uh, he's not. I don't think he's going to be overly fantasy relevant. I think he might be touchdown dependent in the long term. He's not a great athlete. Um, again, another guy who's who, who wins contested catch situations. Pretty good with the ball in his hands, but he's not great. Uh, th- yeah, the, the lack of athleticism, though, kind of limits his ceiling because he's not like a Kelsey-type athlete he, or, uh, you know, anywhere near Waller. Maybe a little closer to Mark Andrews at his absolute best. Uh and you know that's that's fine, but Mark Andrews isn't a guy that people are like fighting to get at this point. Yeah, well, I th- and but the Pittsburgh offense they have always featured a tight end. I I don't remember the last time they didn't have a tight end that was relevant in well, their offense. Had, I mean Heath Miller for like eight years who did fine. Yeah, and then they they got rid of Heath Miller, and then they brought in uh, what the fuck's his name? Some guy after that. Who was it? Another big big Donald? white dude. Uh, it was before Vance, but after Heath Miller. So after further investigation, uh, we, we had a little pause of the podcast there, and uh, turns out Pittsburgh tight ends aren't as great as once thought. Or, um, or at all, or featured at all. All right, so pause. There have been two tight end, top 10 tight end finishes in Pittsburgh since 2005. But, <laughs> but but there have been nine tight end one finishes, or no, top 14 finishes <laughs> since 2005. <laughs> Which, how many years is that? It's 15 years. 16 nine. years. Nine of the last 16 years, they've had a guy who is at least like a backup a tight t- end. A top, a top 14 tight end, which is yeah, but fine. Hold on, hold on. Seven of the last tops, or seven of those nine, finished eleven to fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's top. That's top fourteen. The point stands. Um, Pittsburgh doesn't yeah. feature a tight end at all. Uh, I, this pick's fine. I'm not criticizing it. Like I think it's a fine pick. I just don't think there's a ton of upside here. I honestly maybe go. Um, I don't. Amari Rogers, maybe Amari Rogers here. I but I, I like I like Pat Frymuth because. If you get a, if you get tight end fourteen out of Pat Frymuth, then uh, we're cool with that as Trevor because he doesn't have a tight end. Moving on to the next pick, um, Amari Rogers going to Cumello, and I like it. I like this pick. Yeah, I'm a big uh, and- Rogers guy. He's he play inside out. He's not just a slot. He's a big, strong guy. Five eleven, two ten. Uh, I would give that an A minus or an A as a grade. I, I gave it an A plus. Yeah, I, I honestly like he. Uh, he is the number two wide receiver right away in Green Bay, and if Aaron Rodgers is still there, that's really valuable. And if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, maybe Devontae Adams isn't there either. And then Amari Rogers is wide receiver one there. Uh, so well, there's so, a lot of upside here, long term and short term. I think this is an excellent pick. Yeah, I give it an A plus just because this is pick twenty three, and uh, Amari Rogers is ranked. I think it was 17th overall on the board. Rogers uh, would have be been my pick at, at 20 had I stayed there and not, yeah, so not, not I think, for Jalen Rager. I think just based on uh, some people pushing him down, Josh Palmer, Justin Fields, uh, oh, two dots picks, huh? Yeah, and then <laughs> Chuba Hubbard and, and Kenny Gainwell, maybe in normal drafts, they, they don't really go this this early. 
so Amari Rogers probably is valued around like the 205 to like 207 range, maybe even a little earlier. And I think getting him here at 211 is is pretty fucking good. And Q stayed put. He didn't have to he didn't have to trade into this pick or at least trade in recently. Yep. Uh well that's lined around two. Well, we still have one more. Uh-huh. Cumelo hasn't made his pick yet uh, at 212, but if we need to, we'll splice it in. Or we'll do uh, something think... with that on when we discuss round three and four and do an overall recap of everything. Yeah. Uh, just to touch on round one real quick, I'm going to go through, if you want, give some thoughts on one through 12. I already uh, did. I did a whole pod on it. Yeah, but that's not good enough. Uh Najee Harris was a home run for sure. I think there was screens taking Jamar Chase here, but that's an acknowledgement of even if he is more valuable in the grand scheme of things in this league because running backs are going to be like, I'm going to do Yes. Yep. Thank you for recapping the pod I already did. Yeah, but people like my voice better. You don't even like your own voice. I know that's true. Well, who do we got best available here at 301? I'm not telling. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. All right, I'll list them off. Uh, we got... <laughs> we got Jeff Gordon. <laughs> We, we, we got Ruben stuttered. <laughs> we got Chippy at 303. Chippy, you want to go 303? <laughs> Chippy's not reporting to training camp on time. I could reasonably see Dale Dale Earnhardt going here soon, though. Bye.